I told him, I said, this is almost all men, the vast majority preachers. You scratch any itch you feel like scratching. <laughs> Thank you very much. Never had it put to me just like that. Amen. This is so, uh, such, such, such nice moment to uh, be here other than the task that I might have to perform. Uh, this, I'm not so sure that this uh, pulpit is going to be big enough for all my notes. But uh, anyway, that's all right because I've got to remember that I am opening for Brother Kenny Godair. And uh, so I do have to kind of watch what I'm doing here. I, uh, I want to say that, uh, let me get this all kind of fixed out here. Really, I have a lot of notes. I put my little pen right there. That's my little clip. Y'all don't let me forget that clip. And uh, so I've got a lot of notes, but I don't hardly have anything written. <laughs> and uh, I was real tired when I went in last night. And there was a whole lot of other stuff I was supposed to redline because uh, Brother Odom just went right down the line. I was going to tell y'all this morning that he and I got together and exchanged notes. And he preached mine last night, and I was going to try to preach his this morning. <laughs> That's what I was going to tell you, but he wound up taking mine and his last night. <laughs> I want to thank the executive council for uh, inviting me to come here and speak to you. And uh, when Brother Odom called, I, I was taken back a little bit. But I appreciate the opportunity. I love the WPF. Uh, I love the independent churches. In fact, there's all the apostolic churches, no matter where they are. I love them. Amen. You know, that's where it's going to be. It, it won't be long till we're coming down. Till we're going to have to, we're going to have to have each other. That's what it is. And I, I thank the Lord for all that you, brethren, have done for me and my wife. Getting older is not an easy deal uh, but it's all alright too brother Von Martin I met him one time he uh, picked me up at the airport and not long ago and of course you have to know Von he said O.C. you may die tonight that's the first thing he said to 
I said, yes, sir, I might. I could die tonight. He carried me to the hotel, and we got in the hotel, and he said, now, see, if you get to feeling bad, there's a funeral home right next door. Said, you run over there and lay down, and that'll save us a lot of money. <laughs> so that's the way it is, but it's not all, it's not all bad, I promise you. Amen. Getting old is not all bad, but what I really wanted to say to you was that there's so many people that has just gone out of their way to help my wife and I. Anything they see us needing, they just, if it's pick up something or carry my car somewhere or do this, everybody just do it. And it's not only the older people, the middle age or the down. It's the young men and women. That's your children. And I was wondering sometime back, I said, why are these kids all so polite and so good? And, and you know what I believe? I think it's your belief system. I think that's it works. Amen. That keeps them from being smart alecks. Amen. And seeing... And, um, and this, so anyway, this, this elder thing is not all bad. It's really not. So I would like to read and get on down the line. Um, there is something I'm forgetting. I don't know what it is. It's, uh, let's see. Well, anyway, I, uh, this morning, I uh, feel like uh, I was thinking about the old story about the two men in Chicago that decided they were tired of the rat race, and they decided that they were going to, they bought them a farm in Arkansas, and a 40-acre farm, and they, they got down there, and they bought them a pickup truck, and they needed a mule, so they asked an old man on the side of the road, said, Will you, do you know where we could get a mule? I said, oh, you're in luck. I said, I've got a bunch of mule eggs right here. And uh, so he sold them a watermelon, and they put it in the truck and was driving off, forgot to put the tailgate down, and went across the railroad track, and the watermelon bounced out and bursted, and... Before they could get back to it, a big jackrabbit jumped up on it and, and was trying to eat a little. And they saw, oh, our mule is hatched out. And uh, so they started chasing him. And he made three or four circles. And it was a hot day. And finally, he just ran in the woods. And uh, he said, come on, let's go get him. He said, no, let's let him go. He said, I, I don't think I want to plow that fast anyway. <laughs> so... It's kind of the way I feel this morning. If y'all don't mind, I don't. I don't want to plow too fast. <laughs> All right. If you'll turn, please, to First Kings. First Kings, the seventh chapter. First Kings, the seventh chapter. 
and the 21st and 22nd verses. And uh, he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple. And he set up the right pillar and called the name thereof Jehokim. And he set up the left pillar and called the name thereof Boaz. And upon the top of the pillar was the lily work. So was the work of the pillars finished. Thank you. I'd like to speak this morning from the thought and then the lilies. You may be seated. And then the lilies. Um, you know, God loves joy, peace, worship, but he put it last. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. First thing you got to do is have a foundation. We've seen this uh, joy where there was no truth. Anybody can shout. And you can, uh, music has just got rhythm. And uh, it's, uh, it's uplifting sometimes just to hear it. But uh, when you're on the foundation, um, you know, it's like uh, this, this scripture here, the way it looks to me, it's kind of like you're putting together a hundred-piece puzzle. I never did that. I never tried that but one time. Because I wanted to keep my salvation. <laughs> you can have uh, 900 and some pieces and you can't find the one you want. And uh, you get one that you think is just the one and you're headed for it and everybody's going to see you put it down. And somebody slips in the right one. And then you get to where you, this, it's got this much color on this one, and there's need this much color over here on the blank spot. And you get to trying to force it in <laughs> to make it work. And, uh, but everybody, everyone, can put that last piece in. You put that last, just slide it in. Well, you, you don't make pillars 
out of lilies. The lily is the last thing that's decorative. That's to beautify. That's to enjoy. The pillar is to hold the load. But you've got to, upon the pillar, you've got the light part. The, the thing that you like to watch. Now, there were two pillars. One was Jehokim which means he will establish. And you have Boaz, which means in his strength. He will establish in his strength. My daughter was living in California and uh, she had just come across, well, a little head. She was running out on the, going to get something, and she all of a sudden started running. And she said she didn't know why she was running. She wasn't trying to run, but she started to run. And uh, she just couldn't hardly stand up. And finally, a man ran out to her and said, what in the world are you doing? She said, well, I'm going to do whatever it was she was doing. She, he said, don't you know we're having earthquakes? No, I didn't know it. Well, she had just come across the Bay Bridge. She had been across it 30 minutes when it, when it fell. And uh, I had an uncle that was pastoring out there. And he knew a good many people. And so one day he was at our house and uh, he said to me, he said, O.C., do you know why the Bay Bridge fell in and caused all that problem? I said, yeah. He said, I said, there was an earthquake. He said, no, it wasn't the earthquake. I said, what was it? He reached in his pocket and he pulled out a piece of concrete. And uh, an engineer had given him this piece of concrete. And told him, said the earthquake could not have affected this bridge. But they put an improper mixture He said, what really happened was the the contractors cheated and saved themselves money. So what we have to be careful from, if we want this thing to hold, is that we don't have an improper mixture. Now, uh, no doctrine or no holiness. Either one. There's not going to be the proper anointing. 
And we have to have the anointing. We are, that's why we exist. That's why we're here. Oh, I was thinking about when he was preaching last night, Brother Odom. I was thinking about all the way from Pentecostal right now. Amen. We still got it. It's still here. Oh, but I'm going to tell you when you get an improper mixture. Amen. You know, you say, well, I'm, I'm going to. Not, I'm just not going to preach standards, but I'm going to keep the doctrine. Well, I want to sell you some mule legs. <laughs> no, you're not going to do that. When you lose standards, you lose the doctrine, you lose the anointing, you lose everything. That's just the next step. Oh, you know, I want to tell you something. When you, you baptize, they say, well, we're going to, we're going to fix this thing up where it'd be good enough for everybody. We're, we're going to baptize. When we baptize, we're going to say Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, which is Jesus. No, you either baptize in the name of Jesus or you hadn't baptized anybody. It won't work. And then the lilies. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't get that. You see, young preacher, uh, let me tell you, the uh, clothes does not make a preacher. <laughs> and then, you know, getting uh, on a, uh, six or seven hundred dollar suit or more and, and a thousand dollar pair of shoes and getting on the necktie like Kenny go there bought me and, uh, and all of that and, and standing out at the airport fixing to take a flight. Amen. Going to somewhere that you think's imparted to preach. That don't make you a preacher. You can polish up a Jeff Arnold sermon. You can polish up a Odom sermon. You can polish up a Mangan sermon. You can polish up a Mooney sermon. You can polish it any way you want to. But when you get there, you've got to have the goods. You've got to have it in your heart, not just in your head. And then the lily, and then the lily. You can't make pillars out, out of lilies. It's too crunchy. It's too crunchy. Pillars are made out of the hard stuff, the real stuff. Praise God. When you get there and you preach, when you preach and the Holy Ghost moves and, and everybody's excited and people start running up and down the aisles and everything and somebody gets a Holy Ghost and somebody gets healed. Amen. That's the lilies. But it's a result of what we have already established in our heart that we're going to keep. For the Bible says that 
We are the temple of God. We are the temple of God. And we got to have the proper mix. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. We can, hey, those people that was going across that bridge, they had confidence in those people that worked it when they didn't know who they were or their names. Amen. They, listen, there were some people down there in the bog holes working for those people that was going to come across because those people were going to trust them. Well, can they trust us? Can the people of the future, can the people that we don't even know, can they trust us to put in the proper mix and the foundation so that they can have the lilies? Oh, God. Oh, God, help us. You know, when I, when I was, whoop! Glory! It said, <laughs> the, the doctor said, Annie, where did the pain first hit you? She said, I, I, I think it was somewhere between the stove and the refrigerator. <laughs> they something just hit me here praise God oh hallelujah I feel something here this morning oh hallelujah 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 you know uh, whenever I was pastoring and building a new church and man, we started from scratch. We didn't know a soul. That was before you were supposed to take a split from somebody. And <laughs> we was dumb. And uh, we didn't know a soul. We didn't have a blade of grass. We didn't own not anything. And uh, we got in there and we got to going and hadn't been going too long till a man moved in and he's gonna, he wanted to, he wanted to help us and he, and, and he did help us. And we loved him. Our family loved him and his family and, and they were deeply appreciated. Is that you, Brother Young? No, it was not. Kind of odd looking guy looked like Brother Young. And, and he, so this man one day come in and told me that there's some things going to have to change. And there were things we couldn't change. And I said to him, I said, brother, I can't do that. He said, well, then I'll leave. And I I showed him where the door was in case he'd forgot. (laughs) 
But you know, I cried. I wept. My family wept. We loved him. We appreciated all that he had done for us. And we lost two other families over it. But you know, the church is still going. Five or six hundred people in the church, millions of dollars worth of property. I couldn't mess with the foundation. Because I knew if we keep going with the foundation right, we'll have some lilies. We'll have some lilies on top. We'll have some nice things to talk about. We'll have some blessings of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey, let me tell you, there's an earthquake coming. There's an earthquake coming. There's an earthquake coming. I hear the tremors right now. I feel it. You, you, you hear it on the news. You read it in the newspaper. There's an earthquake coming. We better have this foundation right. Now, I want to say something I want to be understood. I notice every time a young preacher gets up to preaching, sometimes the old ones, and they run out. They start preaching about revival, and everybody starts screaming. This fictitious revival coming. Now, I want you to know that I understand and know that any time you pray and fast and witness and so forth you can have a revival and i believe that'll be until jesus comes i i really do but i'm going to tell you other than that there's going to be a falling away and it's already started we're in the sifting time right now amen and oh it got a little quieter ah. Keep the foundation, and one day from heaven, God's going to drop a lily. Hallelujah. Because he's a rose of Sharon. He's a lily of the valley. He's a bright and morning star. He's a prince of peace. So if the foundation is destroyed, The beauty perishes with it. (laughs) You know, I was in a count meeting a few years ago, and I never heard such music in my life. It was good. I'm not criticizing the music. It was outstanding. And boy, that platform was vibrating, and the people was enjoying the, the music. Uh, it was a good concert. And and somebody after it was over said, "Boy, wasn't God there tonight?" I said, "I don't know. I didn't feel him." Now let me tell you what. I knew the singers. I knew the, I knew the musicians. And there wasn't a one of them supposed to have been on the platform. Yeah. 
Now, I'm not talking about sleeves a little shorter or this and that. I'm talking about down and out honky-tonk stuff. They weren't supposed to be on the platform, but they, they really had it all going. And I, I tapped my foot to the music. It was, it was good. It was good. But I'm going to tell you that if we don't have, you can shout, sing, smile, cry, and we all want to do that. But I'm going to tell you, you can get the, you can make an artificial lily right quick to put on a false foundation. Well, boy, I hate it when I sound like an old man like that. (laughs) Hey, preachers, young preacher, let me tell you something. Don't wait for an old preacher to die. Them suckers won't die. Excuse me. They keep living. They're the energizing bunny or whatever they call it. They're not going to die. I'll tell you what you do. Get out and get to working for God and build you a foundation. <laughs> get some. You, you can already have a church that's got your stamp on it done before they put him in the grave. And if he tells you he'll turn it over to you, don't you listen at him. He's not lying. He thinks he's telling the truth. Where, where did the idea come from that this working for God is supposed to be easy? Where'd that idea come from? It didn't come from Paul. It didn't come from John the Baptist. It didn't come from John the Revelator. It didn't come from Jesus. He said, take up your cross and follow me. (laughs) You don't... Just throw this in while I'm here. Uh, this, uh, they used to have, and you can read about them, what was called one-way missionaries. One-way missionaries. Yeah, brother. Well, brother Smith's shaking his head. One-way missionaries. They knew they were not coming back. So they didn't buy a ticket return. I liked it some way. I liked that some way. And uh, uh, a, a preacher by the name of uh, A.W. Milne. He was going to the South Pacific and, 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 and there was headhunters down there. And the last ever missionary to sin had been eaten up. And so you know what he did? He packed all his stuff in a casket and went down there. He knew he was going to need a casket. 
He just used it to put his stuff in. He must have not been married. That wouldn't have been big enough. And he spent his life down there. And when another missionary got there, there was a sign up to him said, When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. Hey, that's the way you build churches. That's the way you build churches. That's the way you do your ministry. You pack never to come back. You don't have to have it easy because God didn't promise you it's going to be easy. Well, well, what time is it? Well, they said, uh, uh, they cave in over to mine. The mine caved in. Said, what happened? Said, a beam broke. Well, said, well, hey, there's a family has caved in. What happened? The man lost his humble spirit. He lost his dedication to God. And we know that that these cave-ins are happening all over the country. But I want to tell you what. We've got some oxygen, some spiritual oxygen. Whenever those miners were down there, one of those last groups, they began to poke holes trying to find where to put some oxygen down in. Hey, I want to tell you if you're here this morning and you're not doing it right and you're about to leave and you're not doing, you're just not happy with God. You know, hey, we're trying to find out where you are. We want to put some oxygen down to you. Now, Audie Murphy, Audie Murphy was five feet five, five foot five, most decorated man in the Second World War. They built a statue to him that is eight foot And is two tons of bronze. Most decorated man. He had received the Medal of Honor. He had received the Distinguished Service Cross. Two silver stars. The Legion Merit. Two bronze stars. Legion of Merit with valor. Three purple hearts. And others. Well, what did they do now? They, they just built him an eight-foot statue and gave him all these bronze and all these medals and said, now, you go out there and earn them. 
I don't think so. He fought at Sicily. He fought at the south of France. He fought in North Africa. He fought in Italy. He fought in Germany. He killed 240 Germans. And then I'm going to read you a little what the, the paper said about it. For an hour, the Germans tried every available weapon to eliminate Murphy, but he continued to hold his position and wipe out a squad that was trying to creep up unnoticed on his right flank. Germans reached uh, as close as 10 yards only to be mowed down by his fire. He received a leg wound but ignored it and continued his single-handed fight until his ammunition was exhausted. Then he made his way back to the company, refused medical attention, and organized the company in a counterattack, which forced the Germans to withdraw. His directing of artillery fire wiped out the enemy, and then they killed his friend, and then he went nuts! And took their machine guns and their grenades and threw it back at them. Hey, I'm not picking on you, young man, but I want to tell you something. That's you. If, if you go, they don't give you those bronze plaques before it's time. They don't say now go and earn this. You earn it and then the lilies and then the lilies. You know, my mother's side of the family, some of my close friends kind of know a little bit about my mother's side of the family. They're, they're smart, but they were a little nutty. Brother Wilson can tell you a little bit about it. Just don't mess with them, you know, too much. and They could go crazy. And, well, we've got some heroes in our family. And I mean, uh, they're real heroes. Uh, one day we was having a, a family reunion and, and uh, we had already just about used up our jumper cable. <laughs> we just had one set for the whole family. <laughs> and uh, so a limousine pulled up out front. And mama looked and she said, oh. I believe that's Edwin's family. <laughs> sure enough, it was uh, Edwin Dice that the air base is named after in way out in West Texas. And they drove up. Dice Air, Dice air Force Base, of course, was named after him. But you see, here's what happened. Edwin was in a death march, Bataan death march. Marched 85 miles, and it's recorded, and you can find it. Marched 85 miles on a death march and kept a lot of people alive and shared his own rations with them. And then he was put in a Japanese prison camp, and he kept several alive by just eating a little and giving them the rest of it. And, all, and then he escaped through a swamp. 25 miles mosquito snake infested swamp and got out and caught a ride to the United States and he was the man that 
that sprung the thing that what they were what the Japanese were doing. He brought the news to the world. But that's why they had to that's why Mama said, I believe that's Edmund's family. That's how the limousine got into it. They didn't give him a limousine to go into war. They didn't give him a limousine to take him to his next preaching point. They didn't give him a limousine. No. He fought all the way. Now over here in Augusta, Georgia, there's a freeway. The name of it is the Jimmy Dice Freeway. Another one of the goofies. Jimmy Dice was a hero. I've been on a ship that was named after him. When I was in the Navy, I, we tied up to his ship, the ship that was named after him. But, uh, you see, he was in Operation Flintlock. And in, in battle, the, the wording on the thing, when you read about it, said Dice was a virtual dynamo of energy, encouragement, and direction. They called him Big Red. Most of Mama's folks is red-headed. They called him Big Red. And they said that they were compassed about with the enemy, and they was waiting on one move, and somebody had to make a move if they had a chance to come out of it, and he was the commander. And so they said, Big Red raised up to spot their locations, and he opened fire. And they cut him down. And he did it purposely for them. And that was the deciding battle, one of the deciding battles of the war. But Brother Booker, when they opened that freeway and cut that ribbon, they didn't cut that ribbon so he could get his car out and go do something. He went and did it before they cut the ribbon. And then the lilies. And the lilies. And so we got brazen altar, labor of water, word all. We got the holies of holy. Jesus walked up that Golgotha's hill. And every preachers for years have been trying to describe it. We can't describe the agony of it. But oh, when that priest was in that temple and that veil was rent from top to bottom. <laughs> and then the lilies. And then the lilies. When Jesus said it is finished, without beauty and radiance, a Christian is incomplete. The foundation is for something great to set on.
And so that's why the foundation stones, the 12 foundation stones, are under heaven itself. You just keep climbing these steps with these apostles' names on them and stay true. And one day you're going to open the door and it's going to be all lilies. Oh, let's stand. Let's love the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Jesus.